Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? It's a story based on Norse mythology involving dragons and maidens, gods and gold. The struggle of choosing between power and love, two human but ultimately incompatible pursuits. That story is Wagner's The Ring Cycle, often described using the words epic, immense or an opus. The roughly 15-hour performance spread over four operas may seem daunting to some, but opera singer Daniel Sumegi, who's playing the protagonist, Wotan, the wanderer or the king of the gods, says not to overthink it. Daniel, welcome to you. Hello, thank you. You would say not to overthink it. You're on stage for the longest time out of these roughly 15 hours of the ring cycle. How do you prepare for such a feat? Honestly, I take these operas day by day because I can't think about the next opera until I've completed the previous one. Um, and that's certainly how I've treated the rehearsals as well. We're, we're currently just coming halfway through our dress rehearsal cycle uh, and we open on Friday night. I can't think about uh, Rheingold on Friday until I complete Siegfried tomorrow. This is your 10th ring cycle, I believe, or, or thereabouts, the first playing Wotan. And you Correct. must have learnt a lot over that time. Is it the sort of text where you're constantly re-examining different contexts or insinuations? You must have learnt so much in the production over these 10 uh, performances. Well, yes, and I've seen a lot of performers uh, in these roles over the years too. Uh, the text is just, because I'm not a fluent German speaker, you have to learn these um, texts phonetically. And then I have a lot of experience in the German language, having worked there often and also sung many operas in German, aside from Wagner. Uh, so that experience I have. But uh, Wagner has his kind of own text in the way Shakespeare had his own English. And you have to kind of get your head around the poetry. It's poetic. And uh, in that way, it doesn't necessarily fall naturally um, although you have to make it sound natural. Um, so you're always also just constantly refreshing your memory because small words, it's the small words that you constantly think, was that a dare or a dame or a dane or a d sort of thing? Or <laughs> It sounds like a, a grammar um, phobic's absolute nightmare, particularly having to do it uh, word perfect on stage in front of an audience. Well, not even a grammophobic, just someone, you know, I'm not, I'm not a grammophobic and I'm certainly not the grammar police either, but uh, just, you just have to remember that there are a lot of people out there who know these texts inside out who aren't even German. And if you do it wrong, well, they're going to catch it and you're sort of doing it for them in a way. And it's the challenge of that. This particular reading uh, or performance, you could say, is very technological and, and very modern. So how did that inform your reading of Wotan? Honestly, it didn't, because uh, what we have behind us, aside from a few uh, solid scenic elements, is 23 screens which move around the stage around us projecting images to the audience, but we don't see them or feel them. All we know is that there is this sort of walls behind us. So in a way, we are left to perform on a bare stage as far as what we feel is concerned. Uh, and in that way, it's very exposed. 
How did you work with director Chen Shizeng on how Wotan should be performed or portrayed in this interpretation? Was there much dialogue prior? Uh, no. Uh, in fact, I'd have to say, and I'm not meaning this at all negatively, he was one of the most hands-off directors I've ever worked with. And it might be because he's had a lot of experience in film. What he does is allow the artists to bring their performance to the rehearsal room and offer things or offer a whole performance. And where he would intervene would be with things that he actually didn't prefer or didn't like or would like altered or changed. And that's where his input was. So in a way, what you're seeing on stage is what the each artist has brought to, to this cycle. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, I'm talking with Daniel Sumegi. Uh, he is the protagonist, Votan, in uh, Wagner's The Ring Cycle. I'll give you some details where you can uh, watch the upcoming performance in just a moment. In saying that the director's been very hands-off with the kind of... Uh, I suppose, direction for the individual performers. He is exploring Wagner's tale through a futuristic lens that sort of envisaged a, I don't know, a parallel universe where many cultures walk together. He even uses the word tribal in a sci-fi setting. How does that come across to the audience? Well, we have the different tribes in the, the groups of people who come together, the giants, the dwarves, the gods, Erda, who's Mother Nature, basically, um, and it's basically, I think, how they're clothed and what and what worlds they sit in. Once again, I don't really know because I don't see half of the elements uh, are behind us on these screens. And because I'm busy singing the text and delivering to my uh, players on stage, I can't turn around and look at the screens and see what I'm standing <laughs> in front of. Will you see a, a, a taped uh, performance just to understand? Because most performances away from opera, whether they be rock and roll to electronic music, um, have really started to blend the visual and the auditory together. Yes. Does, it, it feels like it's not whole if you're not aware of what's on the screens behind you. Well, I would hope that I'm, I'm delivering a, a, a characterization probably on the scale of Lear, Shakespeare's Lear, maybe even bigger. And hopefully what my aim is to do that wholly within myself with how I physicalize it and deliver the text. And for me, because I realized early on that that's what I was dealing with, that's what I've been aiming to do, that it was kind of self-sufficient in a way. You mentioned uh, your slight fear of getting one of the German words wrong, a very understandable fear. You do such a great job. But when it comes to the people that know this text and, and the people that don't, maybe you could offer a little bit of advice to those who might have stayed clear of the ring cycle for its sort of legendary kind of depth is there a way in to this for them? Do you think they need to do Absolutely. some pre-reading? or? Well, that always would help, of course, because it's such a long and complex work. However, the story is really simple. Uh, it just happens in layers. Uh, of course, the, the first thing I would say is to uh, avoid that fear of it is we, it, the whole thing is surtitled. So you're going to read the whole thing in English as it's happening anyway. So that fear should be taken away just by that alone. However. If you want to not look at the surtitles and just see what's going on in front of you, uh, hopefully the performance is 
deliver a kind of an arc of the emotions going on. But yes, by all means, pre-read it. But I think Wagner has been brilliant. Not that he needs my approbation. Uh, if if he'd been born a hundred years later, I think he would have been writing soap operas. Um, <laughs> How would he fit into a twenty-eight minute uh, pop culture TV uh, <laughs> kind of format? Do you think? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. But uh, a mini uh, more like a mini series, though. Right. Um, but it, but the whole thing is, but you see these uh, telenovelas where you have a scene happening. And then the commercial happens and then you cut to another scene and then another commercial happens and you go back to the scene you saw two scenes ago. It's a bit like that. And then you have an intermission and that's probably, you know, the end of that broadcast for the day. And then it recaps the next day and then continues on. That's mm -hmm. really how it's constructed. And it's quite ingenious that way. Now, having said that, there's a lot of repetition. But I'll go back to what I said earlier as far as audience fear. Don't be fearful. The story is simple. And it's all laid out for you in English above the stage the whole time. Oh, we have a very brave audience here uh, at RN Drive. More than uh, a few performances of uh, the Ring Cycle under their belt, particularly since it was performed in regional Victoria last year at uh, in Ballarat. I believe this is the first time since uh, it has been performed in Australia. We're going to be listening to a little bit from the fourth opera, Gotto Damarung, or the uh, Twilight of the Gods in Act Two, Scene Three. Tell me, Daniel, what's happening uh, at this point in the storyline? The bulk of Act Two is the wedding between Gunther and Brunhilde and the machinations that Hagen is making be, uh, behind them and around them uh, in order that Brunhilde uh, sees that Siegfried has betrayed her. Now, what's called the summoning of the vassals, where Hagen is going, hoi ho, hoi ho, um, and he's calling the chorus on. At that point in the opera, Hagen is uh, continuing with his machinations to contrive a scene where he's creating an emergency, a fake emergency, and he's calling all of his um, vassals, all of his ar army, if, as it were, onto stage, and he's making out there's some drama happening, and what he's doing is taking the mickey out of them all, and he's saying, no, there's nothing wrong here. Gunther's coming, and he's got a wife, and, and that's Brunhilde, and there's it sort of turns into a celebration at that point. That begins the end of the end of the whole thing. Such intrigue and such uh, very Wagnerian uh, drama. Daniel Sermegi has been my guest. He'll be performing Wagner's Ring Cycle with the Opera Australia performance in Brisbane from the 1st to the 21st of December. Best of luck, Daniel. Great Thank to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 